This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Welcome, Talk Catholic, the website.com, your host, Tim Kilcoyne. No agendas here, just the straight and narrow, through Mary to Jesus, the Catholic faith proclaimed and preserved. Hope to see you here every week. Catholic.com with Tim Kilcoyne on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Again, during the month of May. Trying to do a little justice and giving her honor by explaining some of these apparitions. This one being the cornerstone, perhaps, of all the Marian apparitions. What I like to do is summarize the essence of of the messages within the apparitions, plural, and then I'll expand a little bit upon the ramifications for us today, and then a little theology of Mary, and all prior to our getting back to Father William Casey's book on You Shall Stand Firm, Preserving the Faith in an Age of Apostasy, which was one of the messages from Fatima and Our Lady, that there would indeed be an apostasy within the church. So let's get to it, a little bit of the basic play-by-play, so to speak, from a little pamphlet from Our Lady of the Rosary Library, and their website is olrl.org. Let me read. We celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Fatima on May 13th. On this day in 1917, Our Lady made her first appearance to three shepherd children, Jacinta, age 7, Francisco, age 9, and Lucia, age 10, at Fatima in Portugal. She appeared to them once a month from May through October. The lives of the three children of Fatima were entirely transformed by the heavenly apparitions. While fulfilling the duties of their state with the greatest fidelity, those children seem now to live only for prayer and sacrifice, which they offered in a spirit of reparation to obtain peace and the conversion of sinners. They deprived themselves of water during the periods of great heat. They gave their lunch to poor children and urged one another to the practice of prayer and penance with an ardor comparable to that of the great saints. Again, think of this young children thoroughly immersed in acts of reparation, atonement, sacrifice. Very unusual for children this age, right? Our Lady communicated with Lucia, the oldest of the three children. She asked the Blessed Virgin to take them to heaven. Yes, Our Lady answered, I will take Jacinta and Francisco soon. However, you are to stay here a longer time. Jesus wants to use you to make me known and loved. He wants to establish the devotion to my Immaculate Heart in the world. I promise salvation to those who embrace it, and their souls will be loved by God as flowers placed by myself to adorn his throne quote, unquote, from the Blessed Mother. There are three principal practices of devotion which Our Lady has requested in honor of her Immaculate Heart. The first Saturday of the month, the five first Saturdays, and the consecration of Russia. They bear a marked similarity to the devotions in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Regarding the five first Saturdays, one, it consists of the following exercises performed with the intention of consoling the Immaculate Heart of Mary and making reparation to it for all the outrages and blasphemies of which it is the object. The first requirement is to say the rosary and go to communion as an act of reparation, go to confession, and keep company of the Immaculate Heart of Mary by meditating for a quarter of an hour 
on the mysteries of the rosary. These two must be offered in reparation to the Immaculate Heart. The meditation may be on one or several mysteries. The third requirement, consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Our Lady asks that Russia be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, and Lucia, one of the seers, has explained that Our Lady wants the Pope and all the bishops of the world to do this on one special day. If this is done, she will convert Russia, and there will be peace. Lucia relates that on June 13, 1917, after speaking at length about her Immaculate Heart, Our Lady of Fatima again stretched forth her hands, throwing on the children the rays of that immense light in which they saw themselves as if immersed in God. The Blessed Virgin held in her right hand a heart surrounded by thorns, which pierced it from all sides. The seers understood that it was the Immaculate Heart of Mary, afflicted by all the sins of the world, which demanded penance and reparation. Jacinta seems to have received a special light to understand intimately and in detail the meaning of these heavenly revelations. Before leaving for the hospital in 1919, she said to Lucia, I am going soon to heaven. You will remain still on earth to make known to men that the Lord wishes to spread in the world devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. When you have to speak about it, you will no longer have to hide yourself. Proclaim openly to the whole world that Quote, it is through the Immaculate Heart of Mary that God wishes to grant us his graces. It is from this Immaculate Heart that we must ask for them. The heart of Jesus wishes the Immaculate Heart of Mary to be venerated with his own. It is through the Immaculate Heart of Mary that peace must be asked, because it is to that heart that the Lord has confided. In each of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, she insisted on praying the rosary. Pray the rosary every day to obtain peace for the world, Lucia often repeated and emphasized. Our Lady asked them to add after each decade, a short prayer. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those most needing thy mercy. In the final apparition on October 13, 1917, Our Lady silently held out the scapular, the brown scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Lucia had said that the Blessed Mother wants everyone to wear it. The scapular and the rosary are inseparable. Pray, pray a great deal and make sacrifices for many souls go to hell for not having someone to pray and make sacrifices for them. Our Lady predicted that God would work a great miracle on October 13, 1917 to prove the authenticity of the apparitions. A tremendous prodigy happened on that day just as Our Lady had promised. For four minutes, the noontime sun spun around, giving off various colors one after another. If a person in Fatima that day had on a white shirt, it would have turned red, green, and blue as the sun spun around. It stopped and started again for four more minutes, this time giving off even more beautiful colors. Then it stopped again. Then it started again. This time it detached itself from its regular position and began to zigzag in the sky. It danced, quote-unquote, for about four minutes, then started to plummet to the earth. It looked like it was the end of the world. Many people fell on their knees to ask for the mercy of God. The sun then returned to its original position in the sky. It was witnessed by over 70,000 people who all, both believers and unbelievers, came away acknowledging that a great miracle had occurred. Several learned men testified, I have seen it but I cannot explain it. Regarding some of the basic messages, Jacinta had much to say. She said, If men only knew what eternity is, how they would make all possible efforts to amend their lives. Fly luxury. Fly riches. Love holy poverty and silence. Be very charitable even towards the wicked. Never speak evil of anyone and avoid those who do. Be very patient because patience leads to heaven. Pray much for sinners. Pray much for priests, for religious, for governments. The sins of the world are too great. 
The sins which lead most souls to hell are sins of the flesh. Certain fashions are going to be introduced which will offend our Lord very much. Those who serve God should not follow these fashions. The church has no fashions. Our Lord is always the same. Many marriages are not good. They do not please our Lord and are not of God. Men must do penance. If they amend their lives, our Lord will still pardon the world. But if they do not, the chastisement will come. Priests should occupy themselves only with the affairs of the church. They must be pure, very pure. She said regarding purity, yes, I know to be pure in body means to be chaste. To be pure in mind means not to commit sins, not to look at what one should not see, not to steal or lie, and always to speak the truth, even if it is hard. The disobedience of priests and of religious to their superiors and to the Holy Father offends our Lord very much. If government left the church in peace and liberty to our holy religion, they would be blessed by God. Our Lady said that there are many wars and discords in the world. Wars are only punishment for the sins of the world. She stated that she could not stay the arm of the beloved Son upon the world anymore. It is necessary to do penance. If people amend themselves, our Lord shall still come to the aid of the world. If they do not amend themselves, punishment shall come. When Jacinta was at the orphanage in Lisbon before she was sent to the hospital, She spent every possible moment in the chapel kneeling with her eyes riveted on the tabernacle. She stated that Our Lady does not want us to talk in church. And when Jacinta had died at the age of 10, after three days dead, her body just simply cast off a beautiful aroma of a bouquet of flowers. And when her casket was later opened, she was completely incorrupt. No decay of her body. Now, very often we hear about the three secrets of Fatima. So what are they? From the website catholicexchange.com, the first secret is the vision of hell. As the lady was finishing a prayer, she opened her hands and a mysterious holy light radiated out. The light was not as it had been in the past. It seemed to open the earth. It revealed a very terrifying scene as the children were shown a vision of hell. It was only for a brief moment that they saw the fires of hell, the ugliest demons, and the poor, charred, and transparent burning souls of people suffering tremendously. Lucia would later explain that she and her cousins were extremely thankful that the lady had already promised that they would be going to heaven. Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. As devastating as it was for them to see this vision, the children now had absolutely no doubt about the reality of hell. This certainty and every horrifying detail they witnessed would help them greatly when they prayed for sinners. Regarding the second secret, the children remained kneeling and looked up to the lady in their sadness over having seen the vision of hell. The lady said to them, You have seen hell where souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. The war is going to end, World War One. But if people do not cease in offending God, a worse one will break out during the pontificate of Pius the Eleventh. This is World War Two. When you see a night illuminated by an unknown light, know that this is the great sign given to you by God that he is about to punish the world for its crimes by means of war, famine, and persecutions of the church and of the Holy Father. The young cousins took it all in. The heavenly lady continued to tell them about many things, including another war that might start terrible sufferings and more. She said, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my immaculate heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. But in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, 
and she will be converted, and a period of peace will be granted to the world. Regarding the third secret, the most controversial of all, many truly don't believe it's been revealed yet. While the children were with the Holy Lady, she revealed to them what is known as the third secret of Fatima. The young shepherds were instructed to keep this vision a secret. When Lucia grew up and was a nun, she wrote down the secret when the Bishop of Lyria asked her to do so. The Heavenly Lady had told her to do so well. This is what Lucia wrote. At the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand. Flashing, it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire, but they died out in, in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand. Pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. And we saw an immense light that is God. A bishop dressed in white, we had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, and men and women religious going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross. The Holy Father passed through a big city half in ruins and half trembling with halting step. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Having reached the top of the mountain on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him, and in the same way there died one after another the other bishops, priests, men and women, religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross there were two angels, each with a crystal asporium in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs, and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. The young visionaries couldn't possibly understand its full meaning at that moment. However, the children realized and accepted that they must heed the message of penance, penance, penance. Now, there are many articles and books written on the interpretation of this third secret. I would suggest Look up on the internet the interviews with Art Bell and Father Malachi Martin, who read The Third Secret himself, and wrote a fictional novel that wasn't so fictional called Windswept House. It was indeed about the corruption within the church, the clergy, and the apostasy that is taking place on the part of the leadership. Implications? For us today, well, devil's greatest victory is to get you to not believe in him. And that might have been one huge reason for the first secret to be revealed by Our Lady. Hell exists and people go there for all eternity. Not a scare tactic. Simply divine justice for those who thwart our Lord's designs. Therefore, down with woke because God spoke. Pray the rosary daily. This is a mandatory requirement as Taylor Marshall often says as part of his show, if you're not praying the rosary, you're not on the team. So this is a huge unifying principle for all of us that follow our Lord Jesus. Relative to what was revealed to Jacinta about the number one reason souls go to hell, it's sins of the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. There's a reason why the, our Catholic Church has always emphasized the importance of purity and chastity as the way to heaven. So, all of the abominations in the sexual realm are all the work of the evil one himself upon your soul. You cannot give in to anything that borders on fornication. Contraception, premarital sex, transgenderism. God doesn't make mistakes, as Father Jerry Murray would remind us emphatically. Let's not forget, especially amongst our teenage crowd, the dirty talk over the phone. That's just enticing again the soul to move towards a very sinful lust-filled bondage of the mind and heart and of course pornography itself which is just 
riddling family life and destroying marriages itself. The internet can be a gift and it can be abused terribly. Regarding the consecration of Russia, we leave it up to the Holy Father and the bishops themselves to be sure that the consecration of Russia to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart has been done correctly. I'm not going to get into the details of the Holy Father's consecration a year ago on the Feast of the Annunciation. I pray that it was to the satisfaction of Our Lady, but if it was done correctly, remember what she said, there will be peace. We haven't seen it yet. It's a very simple solution to peace. Just do what Our Lady told us to do. We'll be resuming with our book review. You shall stand firm with Father William Casey. This is WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. Okay, we are at Chapter 9, Scandals in the Church, Ruin of Souls, and we're just near the tail end of the chapter. In the last session, just a summary paragraph which might be the following. Father Casey asks, What is wrong with the church? Do you know what the answer is? Let's all take a good, hard look in the spiritual mirror. We are what is wrong with the church. Generally speaking, we do not take seriously the call to holiness. We do not take the call to be saints seriously. Time to light the candles and stop cursing the darkness. Let's get this ship back on course. And then he gives a wonderful little example from a letter that... uh, a pastor wrote in Chicago to his parishioners, and this uh, this was an attempt to try to restore reverence in the parish, which is the beginning of writing the ship. He said, if we don't believe in the real presence, we might as well close the church and rent out the space. The church building is no longer a place of encounter with the Lord, but a sort of social center, not a place of prayer, rather a place of chatter. Therefore, I have decided to restore the tabernacle to its former place in the middle of the sanctuary and to begin a campaign of re-education as to the sacredness of worship and the meaning of the real presence. I will be reminding you that a respectful quiet will have to be maintained in church. Food and toys and socializing are welcomed elsewhere, but the church is the place for an encounter with the living God. The dethronement of the Blessed Sacrament has resulted in the enthronement of the clergy, and I, for one, am sick of it. Please let me return to Christ, to the center of our life, together where he belongs. (laughs) May we give an Easter. Hallelujah. Father Casey says, I commend this pastor. This is the true spirit of renewal that we need in the church today. It is painful to ever have to talk about what is going on in the church, but it must be done. And to all the company men in the church, remember what Father Casey just said. And it's also in Canon Law 212. I love the church too much to be silent, but I feel that I am speaking from experience. I have lived with lukewarm Catholicism most of my life. When I was growing up all those years, I cannot remember ever hearing anything at Mass or from the pulpit to get me excited and fired up about my Catholic faith. There was nothing I heard from the pulpit that would make me want to know more, love more, and pray more. Whenever I come to speak at a parish or conference or put words onto paper, I never do so to tell people what they want to hear. I come to tell the truth as the truth will set them free. People have had enough of those teachers who, as St. Paul said, will tickle their ears. There is no time for that now. I am here to tell you the truth, to light a flame within you to get you fired up. If you say you love the church but can't get fired up, then you never will. Something is wrong, and I'm going to ask you to do everything in your power to change it. Let every man and every woman who loves Christ and his church stand up, speak up, and rise up right now to demand an end to the scandals in the church and an end to lukewarm 
Catholicism. So often I've referred to Mother Mary Angelica, who would give anybody the same advice every time, as I do myself, by the grace of God, that whatever the problem is that you're dealing with, before we can have conflict resolution and interventions and all the rest of it, you go to God. God comes first. And where is he, therefore? In the tabernacle, in a Catholic chapel. And so you'd be amazed And I've certainly been in the position to simply offer the very most elementary advice possible that you would think would be the easiest to follow, and that is, well, before I can talk to you, could you at least go and sit down with our Lord and do it for 5, 10, 15 minutes, and they never get there. Wow. And that's all unbelief. They may talk a good game. They may go to church. They may go through the motions. This is nominal Catholicism we're talking about. But they really don't know Jesus in body, blood, divinity. You know, the evangelicals will go after us because they don't think we have a relationship. Baloney. We have Jesus, flesh and blood, if you want him. He's there for you and waiting, but you got to go and find him if you're struggling at all with faith. You got to give him a chance to reveal his presence to you. And then you can get on the road to recovery and healing with whatever it is that you're dealing with. God is sufficient. We just have to believe that. So I think this, Father Casey, is right on the right on the mark as he is with everything else. That road to restoration and renewal starts with believing, truly believing in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. It's one of the reasons I bought over 1,500 little Eucharistic pendants that I hand out generously to anybody that extends a little bit of a kind gesture towards me, and even those who don't. And so far, it's been only positive in terms of the reaction once I tell them that that is Jesus, and then I refer them to a place of perpetual adoration in your diocese. There's got to be at least one place where there's 24-7 adoration going on. I say, why don't you meet them live? Don't even have to take my word for it. Meet the word. And finally, second to meeting him live in the flesh, sacramentally, is to meet him live in his word, the scriptures. There is a reason, ladies and gentlemen, why so many of our evangelical brothers and sisters are in civic centers taking notes for their Sunday catechesis or worship service. They always have God's book in their hand, ready to go. Not with the teaching authority of the church, what we call the magisterium, but nevertheless, they wouldn't be in droves listening to preachers just go off with enthusiasm and every fiber in their soul about our Lord if they didn't want Jesus. So really, we have to look in that spiritual mirror that Father Casey tells us too, because it'll tell us much about what the thermometer is saying about your Catholic faith. It's a simple question. Are you going to church just for a social place to meet a few new friends, or just stay tight with those that are your own? A click? Or do you want that encounter with the living God? There is only one answer, and it's right here at WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. He is risen. Hallelujah. He is alive, and he is there for you. Let him be, and then tell someone this week. Blessings on all mothers tomorrow. God bless. Let your light shine. That is what it's all about here at WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. 
But we need to hear your story. You want your voice to be his voice. That is making the faith known to others. Please, my number is 877-625-3727. Tim Kilcoyne, TalkCatholic.com. St. Mother Teresa told us your ministry is your work right where you are. Grab on to this microphone. God bless.